You're listening to The Dice Men Cometh, proudly sponsored by LFG Australia. The Dice Men Cometh! Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. This is your friendly tabletop Leon here with all your board gaming, role playing and other tabletop gaming goodness. Joined as I am by Mr. Mark and Mr. Garth and this is part three of the PAX Stravaganza. See, I'm actually excited this week because yeah. I actually get to do a bit of talking as opposed to just listening to you lads talk to all these awesome new friends that I didn't get a chance to meet yet because you guys went to PAX and I didn't. Well, the exciting thing, Leon, is this week uh-huh. we get to talk about fellow tabletop media creators yep. that we met for the first time, that we hung out with, yeah. and now we're besties of. That's right. As it- long as it's not that, those rivals of ours that tried to usurp us while we took a break that time. No, no, it's definitely no, not them. would not be them. No. Who are they? Never heard of them. No, I don't know. Something to do with a, something like a half-cooking show or something? I don't know. It's yeah. like rubbish. Nah. Either way, I've not met them, and I've heard they're all really bad people that don't do their taxes yeah. sometimes. That's but right. that's besides Whoa! the point. Yeah, no, that's horrible. Horrible human beings. So, I'm going to be grilling you two as much as one can grill without mm-hmm. a grill about all the fun times you had at Paxington's. It's like you're going to throw us on some sort of barbecue... No, what a, I wouldn't. Why would I say that? <laughs> it's a ridiculous thing to say. There you go. Well, let's take a brief break and come back and talk all about media content creator type people that we met at PAX. <laughs> Hi, I just wanted to say, definitely do not go and become a patron of the Dice Men Cometh right now. I advise this because if you do, you'll be entered into a competition to win some great games and frankly, I'd like to keep my own odds of winning as high as possible. So definitely do not go to Patreon and sign up right away. Perhaps just leave it a little while. That way, you'll forget about it and remember again after Christmas when the competition's closed. That's all from me. I'm Tegan Smith. And you're listening to the Dice Men Cometh. And we're back in the room. <laughs> what an amazing sting that you just put in the edit there that I'm sure you recorded at PAX and I can't wait to listen to. Because I do have to actually listen to these episodes in the last couple because they're fresh ones with lots of interviews and stuff that I actually don't know, not just me sitting in the room like normal. Oh, remind me, I better not put in that sting with those people in that thing they said about the guy that wasn't there. Oh, yeah. They called him Leonard or something, didn't they? That's right, Lucy. Still a lot better than what I called you last week. That's right. But that's beside the point, which Mark probably might even edit out. Hopefully not, because I thought it was funny. (laughs) Uh, Right, so I've got some questions. They're burning a hole in the little note app of my phone, so let's get started. So, question numero uno. Oh, wrong one, sorry. I hope so. A bit more enthusiastic. Yeah, I was excited. That's not so much excited as more, I guess it's excited, but in a different way. Anywho, so question number one, starting with uh, Garth. Is it, what is a PAX? No. What present did you bring back for Leon? 
Because <laughs> you've not mentioned that yet. Well, Leon, uh, I'm glad you asked that. Thank you. Because, Leon, we brought you... Yes. ...an RPG book that oh. you are to learn and to teach <laughs> us. Oh. No, we... Well, look, we were... We travelled light now. We did. Uh, we had a backpack. Which is probably a good thing. Yeah. Because we were very lucky to get quite a few little review copies. So, Leon, we brought you back. And <laughs> for you and I, Mark, as well. A lot of games that we actually need to play. And we will be playing those over yeah. the coming weeks and months. So, your present yeah. is a present for all of us. Oh, it's not so much a present. I was going to say, your present, Leon, yeah. is our presents. So bollocks, basically. You me <laughs> so no, you're not getting near my bollocks. Okay, doke. Wasn't, well, wasn't mine a better present? No. I mean, games, right. games. Yes. Okay. So before we actually talk about board games, which you know the listeners don't want to hear about that, they haven't wanted to hear about for three hundred odd episodes. Yeah. So just packs in general, the Penny Arcade Expo, which is the first big convention like this to happen in what three years now yep. at this point, the first time people have been itching to get out and do a bit of nerd them in front of no more than two or three nerds at a time in this big old area so what i want to know all the people walking around looking all cool what were some of the cool cosplay stuff you saw oh my goodness yep cosplay is alive and well and there are probably i'd say no better place to do it than pax absolutely in australia at the very least so so mark and i basically flew out on the friday morning we had to had to give up our normal Friday lives of going to work and have a day off. I was still doing that. Yeah, but you can make chocolate. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and Mark, we decided we'd forego all the luxuries of putting our bags anywhere. Yes, that's right. Or, or doing anything with it. We've got to go straight there. We're straight in. Let's get into packs. Really? Be- yeah. Crazy talk. So we did. And basically from the moment we started walking from Southern Cross Station. Yes two packs uh you could already see the cosplay there were people dressed as solid snake yes that's right Not that we could see them because they're all in camouflage that behind a box of course yeah and um look i never did play this game but was one of them called like whisper or shush or oh uh quiet oh quiet she was quiet i i could imagine so (laughs) So in, in that she didn't have much on because that's what that character wears. Yes, yeah. because she breathes through her skin. Yeah, I believe is in that game through her stockings. Clearly, yeah. My okay. God, I love that game series, but that game is not good. Yeah, sadly. So anyway, <laughs> the cosplay got better and better as you got closer to it, and there were people with that's just your eyes, mate. All, <laughs> all types of contraption that was attached to them or as a shooting device or a sword or I, a thing i tell you what there was a lot of this time i was going to say as opposed to last year but it wasn't on last year the big m the mandalorian oh was. yeah that would make perfect there sense. was a lot of mandalorian there was a lot of star wars there was as always well, you star know wars has gotten good since, yeah since pax was here last uh, a lot of superheroes you know so many spider men and spider people. We've a newer spider person. Yes, da- our friend Dave. That's right. Was a spider. He was a spider man. Um, but there were xenomorphs. Yes, there were lots of anime and um, all different characters yeah. here, of which I am absolutely and completely ignorant of. Yeah. Um, but the cosplay effort is just remarkable, and I love the fact that people are comfortable and inclusive and welcoming of that because 
you know, it's, it's one of those joys of PAX is that people get to indulge in their nerddom, their geekdom, their cosplaydom, and it's a welcoming environment. And I loved every minute of it. And we actually, Garth and I cosplayed as two old board gamers from Tasmania with our specially uh, matching Dice Man hoodies available on Redbubble now um, and pocketfuls of custom dice. And I tell you, Leon, the one thing that was actually important about our cosplay uh-huh. is that we were very fortunate to be granted media passes. Yes. Now, there's a lot to be said about the media that we find ourselves in. Obviously, podcasting. When we started this nearly 10 years ago, it was it was okay, but it wasn't nearly as big as it is now. No. Uh, PAX <laughs> is... I remember. ...is very much still in the video game space, yeah. but the tabletop space is growing and growing and growing. However... I don't, I, I'm not really convinced there was any other tabletop media from a badge point of view. The we had, we had certainly other content creators yeah. and there was another tier of badges called influencers, um, which is you know, maybe media light. There was surprisingly and interestingly, there was a group of people there with a television camera and apparently... A television. Yeah, apparently... Oh. They were from a community television station. Oh, the talkies. I'm not sure. I'm guessing it's somewhere in Victoria that were basically getting ready to make a television, a community channel television show about board games. I don't believe it's it's aired yet. I think it's something that's coming. Um, that's the first time I've seen a TV camera in the board game section. Wow. We can't even be asked doing YouTube. That's impressive. Mm. Lovely stuff. Right. So cosplay. Awesome. Yep. Tabletop. Awesome. Media. Awesome. Which brings me nicely onto my next question, which is my last one before we get stuck into the actual board game a bit, mm-hmm. is what was the best non-board game related thing you saw there? I know you guys would walk straight into tabletop, but I reckon at some point you had a quick little detour and had a quick little walk around the video gamey and even the old school video gamey area, which I often do as well, yeah. to see what's going on. And is there anything that caught your little eyes? Yes. So we did walk around the non-tabletop area, otherwise known as the video game area, which is a lot bigger. Probably two-thirds video to one-third the tabletop in terms of floor space. The thing that I really liked is that there was a Tasmania section. (laughs) Okay. So there was actually a Tasmania video section, uh, predominantly by Secret Labs, and also Adam Walker Studios, Adam Uh Walker our board game and tabletop friend. And I was really impressed at, at, you know, PAX is not a cheap thing to go to as a exhibitor. Adam Walker Studios, as part of the Tasmania booth, which was quite big, had a presence over there, as did Secret Labs and a few other little um, contributors about Tasmanian uh, electronic gaming and all that kind of stuff. But then Adam Walker Studio also had their booth in the tabletop area so i was quite impressed by that i don't know enough about the video game side of things to go wow there's a new mouse that's that's cool <laughs> a mouse a you say like well, replacing mickey or the oh the a mouse that's right <laughs> but that's what it is i mean there's there's lots of new hardware and that's really cool yeah. and there's again like the tabletop space there's a lot of indie video game developers which is cool but 
Mark, we didn't have time. No, we only had a, play a, a lot of those. A games. very brief look, but I was going to say, I am always impressed. You know, you see the massive stands. Now this time they had a massive booth from Amazon Prime, and you could go. It's like come in to the two rings, Lord of the Rings experience. Ah. We didn't go in there, so I don't know what was in there, but I did <laughs> see some photos that people had published that basically had a bit of scenery and stuff and also some screens showing the show. But I... I, I you could also all... do the same thing with the boys. Yes, that's right. And you'd get your head exploded by some laser beams. Yeah. yeah. But I am always impressed to see the... I think they call it Indie Alley, yep. where you've got the little indie publishers and that, that area... I mean, good on packs. They seem to expand that area year after year after year and give those little indie publishers, I think they also don't make them pay the full price or they partially subsidize them or something like that to get them in there to expose them to... I think the figure that I saw published was that there was over over the the all the days of PAX, something like 80,000 people yeah. attended over the three days in total. So to expose those little indie developers who are Australian to all those people and be there competing with the big guys and girls. Well, that's kind of the beauty of video games is that you know you can put it you know, on a computer or on a PlayStation just like anything else. And mm. when you look at it, things like you know your, your Minecrafts, your Stardew Valleys and stuff, that's just one or two blokes that decided to make a game and yeah. now they're squillionaires. Or you look at Cult of the Lamb, yeah. which is a, you know, an Aussie game that's only just been out in the last little while and that just went boom! Yeah, crazy old things like Cuphead. Yeah. That's a thing, isn't it? <laughs> that, that Cuphead <laughs> is a thing. Well done. I remember much from t- about PAX 2017, I think. Anywho, all right, so on to more of the board gaming mm. stuff. The board gaming area, in t- terms of all the people actually sitting out and playing board games, what were one or two of the games that you saw being played the most? What was what took the, uh, you know, the we call it precisely the, the Terraforming Mars Award? That, <laughs> that was the one many, many years ago and always gets it at uh, BorderCon and things like that. What was oh. something you saw a lot of? Yeah, that, that's a tough one because you sort of had... You had people like um, VR Distribution who had these beautiful like tables with skins on them where the skin was like a picture of the board game. Yep. And they were themed in about, what, what do you reckon, Garth, probably like 20 different board games? Yeah, they were little standing tables and they are predominantly little games. So there was a Jaipur table and there was a Clask table. Yeah. Oh, nice. Azul and there was all these other ones. So All, all the real standards. So mm. they were there. Then you had your PAX tabletop library. Um, with all the fantastic volunteers and the team there, lots of table space. You had your usual competition area, which I always feel is like a bit of a waste because, yes, yeah, sometimes they're playing competitions, but when they're not, those tables were sort of board, boarded off, like roped off, and you couldn't, couldn't really sit there. down. And, 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 and that was uh, Catan. Catan. It was King of Tokyo. Yeah. I didn't even get to... Fight for my crown. Oh, I'm no. the King of Tokyo champion. You were. You were. You were. Oh, someone's taken me. Th- <laughs> someone's taken me throne. Good but- friend of the show, though. Um, James from James and Jess. Good friends of ours. Yeah. James competed in Netrunner. Oh. That's pretty cool. But yeah, there are lots of, lots of tournament games. Well, I was going to say, the other thing was, um, uh, was Let's Play Games. They had a heap of stands, but there were I think there were three games in particular they were featuring. Yep. And the big new game was Turing Machine. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Now, as far as I understand, they did 
didn't have copies to sell. So they had their handful of copies that people were allowed to play. We actually were lucky enough to play a copy of Turing Machine because another a member of a fellow friendly podcast yeah. um, had bought a copy in Gen Con and bought it back with him. We got to play that copy. Lovely. Um, they had Decrypto, which was sort of a strange pick, but it's I guess they popular. thought it's puzzly. Yes, it's lots of popular. And it's a good convention game. Yeah, and then Blah. I think they also had Land versus Sea alongside it. Lovely. Well, good games well, had that in the booth next yes, to Yes, oh, I can't remember what the third game was then, Garth. You and know? on the other side, they had Nacho Pile. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Um, they also but, had Machi Koro too. So, I, there, was, there was not a single game that jumped out and said lots and lots and lots of people are playing this game. There were... No, like Wingspan or something like that? Well, what I do know is that at least one of the retailers there completely sold out of Cascadia. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So that's good for Cascadia. (laughs) Love it. Maybe not for the people who bought it and went... Yeah. I mean, I did see a lot of taco, cat, goat, cheese pizza or whatever that one is. Look, the, um, the, those the light, joy, lighter games. The yeah. joy of packs yeah. is that it doesn't matter. Yeah. The point is, you could be sitting down opening up a packet of Uno cards for the first time, yeah, I did. which we saw. Yes, or you could have just taken out Star Wars Rebellion as an individual and set it up <laughs> by yourself, right. and then held up ask, the side. Ask someone from yeah. the tabletop library to find you a second yeah. player. Interesting, and to. Get someone to play Star Wars Rebellion. Yeah. When neither of you have played it before. As a learning game, Oy. you're in for the long haul. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you find someone and you have a great time, that's brilliant. Yeah. Chances of that happening? So how long did you play with them, Garth? I didn't at all. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I tried to so, get yes, someone to learn Azul. Leon, everything from Uno yeah. to Star Wars Rebellion and everything in between. And there was a lot of decks of cards being opened because there's Yu-Gi-Oh and there's Pokemon and there's all that stuff going on there. Yep, yep, yep. So, you know, we were sitting down having a bit of lunch and these two young kids just opened up this new Yu-Gi-Oh deck that was really exciting and they were so excited and that's contagious. Did the uh, the RPG section still copper flogging like normal? Yes. Oh, yes. They had a whole section where you had to go and register yep. to get into your slots. And in fact... So we mentioned... Always one of the first thing I do when I go to... Yeah, well, we mentioned so in, in last week's episode, uh, the indie RPG parcelings, um, which if you've gone back and you've listened to the previous episode, you would have heard an interview with the designer of parcelings, Leo Chung. And he was there, but he couldn't have his game being played like every sessions. Yep. He'd have to have a session... And then go away and let someone else have a table and then come back because there were so many different RPGs for people to try. Yep, There were many sessions of Fragged going on. Obviously, your D&Ds and Pathfinders and all the the traditional ones. Everything. But it was great. Chaosium had a big Cthulhu section. Excellent. So there, yeah, it was was just... You still had your, like, paint and take minis. That was massive. Um, You had, it must have been at least half a dozen stands just dice. Oh, dice is always a big. I mean, look to be honest, none of them really matched the presence that should have been there, which is our very kind dice sponsor, Behold Games. And if you're looking to get some lovely dice, make sure you check out Behold Games because they've been nice to us. And our dice men, custom dice, 
that you can get if you become a Patreon supporter. Oh, plug it in. They look super schmick. Good stuff. So, was there any games that you really liked the look of, but you didn't get a chance to play? Yes. So, the number one that I didn't get to play that I wanted to is called Grimwald. And it's okay. actually a game that was in the PAX Collaboratory. Collaboratory. Uh-huh. And I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yep. And, you know, we've talked about how Australian games need to become heavier. There need to be more heavy games in Australia because we're pretty good at making little games. We're okay at making medium weight games, so we haven't got anything heavier. This is potentially that game that's in that sort of... Maybe that Garfield games sort of weight. Okay. Paladins and Viscounts and that kind of thing. So not super heavy, but it's more in that heavier side to what we're used to. So that was probably the one that I was most disappointed to to miss out on. I tried. Yep. I saw Lee, the designer there, one time. Yep. And he was busy mm. and then couldn't coordinate anything again. I think for me, yep. and help me out here, Garth, because I know, I think you paid a lot more attention to this than I did. Generally. But, that's true, Pampero. Yes. Someone from an unaffiliated board game podcast who we may or may not have been friendly with, had a copy of Pampero there that they were teaching to people. Um, now, Garth, remind the listeners what Pampero is, please. Well, Leon, yeah. do you know how you do not shut up about how you can make Uruguay wind-friendly? I mean, I... I don't want to bring it up yet again on another episode, but I, I, I just can't believe it by this point. So the designer of this game, who is good friends with Vitala Serda, saw, you know, CO2, that's a really cool game. I'm from Uruguay. What I should do is make a game about how we can build renewable energy, particularly wind power, in Uruguay. I mean, it's not a bad idea. And he's now made a very heavy Euro game about that. <laughs> so cool. it's coming to Kickstarter, actually. Yeah. Really, really soon, mm. or it's already on Kickstarter, depending on when you listen to it. Yeah, or it already funded. I'm assuming. <laughs> Interesting. So Pampero looks beautiful. It's got graphic design and art by Ian O'Toole. Ian O'Toole. My God, he is a busy, busy boy. Yeah. And uh, I was actually looking at the Rado runs through of it uh, earlier today, or earlier several weeks ago, depending on when you're listening to this. <laughs> Uh, and I'm very glad that Mark has recently sold his seventh continent and can use those <laughs> funds to back Pampero. Excellent. That is glad to hear it. It's not a convention game? No. I would imagine so. So a lot of people played the first round and went, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to this game. Cool. What was the biggest surprise of a game that you played there? Maybe a game that A, you either didn't know existed, or B... You thought that should be all right, and then you played it and went, "Oh, this is a belter." I think that what I'm really proud about is that Mark, you and I both spent more time in the collaboratory, yes, than ever before. Yeah, we did a lot of the time. And Leon, you can probably agree. Um, we've spent time playing games, yes, with with friends, with designers, with publishers. We've been able to make the time for that. This PAX was actually really tough to find the time to play games. And we actually made conscious decisions about going, how, how long is this going to take? Because we've got to do a thing and then another thing. You could um, use a third person, I reckon. We really could have if we had one who was worth anything. Well, we <laughs> asked Trent 
and he yeah. said he was going to come, <laughs> and then he, had he decided not chicken. to. And then uh, anyway, I'm not allowed to swear on the public episodes. That's right. <laughs> um, but yes, the a lot of the designers in collaboratory and in the indie row and the rising stars, they were just under the pump demoing their game. So firstly, often we had to wait until they finished a demonstration to be able to speak to them and get our interview in. Um, as an example, James Allen, if you listen back to episode 341, when we had an interview with James Allen and his amazing game Drift. And probably episodes every hundred or so going back yeah, because we've right. talked yes. him several years over the uh, over the production. You know, we, we barely got a moment to squeak in and have a talk with him because he had people two, three rows thick waiting to play his game. So That's a lot awesome. of it was buzzing around, waiting for these designers to be free to be able to speak to them. Cool. Yep. So look, the short answer for me is actually Floodlands. Oh, yeah. I spoke about it in, I think, the, the previous episode. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel a little bit dirty talking about a roll and write <laughs> in a positive in a positive way because yeah, I typically wrong. find them quite boring. But I just had I just had such a good time with this game. Uh-huh. And what more do you want? Yeah. It's really quite simple. I I was very impressed with the work that Andrew had done in in getting this game to a level that it was just, it was tight. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and it, it, the complexity was in, obviously, like with Roll and Rights, how you decide to work your puzzle. Yep. Um, and I won. So that was good. Cool. And for me, I played a game I didn't even know existed. And that's saying something, Leon. That is saying something. And it was one of those games, you might have seen them. The box is a book, and you open up the book, and the bits are inside. There's a few different ones. I'm trying to think. I think it's... Um, There's Tortuga. Yeah, for oh, yeah, yeah. Salem Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Salem, yeah, yeah. And they've all got a year in the title. So Board Game Geek tells me, for example, that it's Tortuga 1667. Well... This game, and I, I have heard of Tortuga 1667. Well, you were I've there. Heard, I've, I've heard of the Salem game, but the game I had not heard of, Leon, uh-huh. was Bristol 1350. Have you heard of that game? I have possibly, maybe, but yeah? it's been kicked out of my head straight away. Well, on. there you go. So it was late on... Friday night. Friday it, was, it was the first night. night we got there. We still hadn't checked into the hotel yet. It was late on Friday night. <laughs> you mavericks. We were sitting around and we met some lovely, lovely people. From Some of them were from board game retailers. Some of them were working in the industry. Some of them, like us, were content creators wearing a sort of a bright yellow t-shirt with a flaming icon on it. A friendly bunch they were. And it was one of them that said, Ahoy there, dice men. Come and join us in this friendly game. Sounds like a trap. This all sounds like a trap. <laughs> this friendly game called Bristol 1350. And I was thinking, oh, are we going to sit around and, you know, talk jolly about fun old times that I remember? Yeah. And no, it wasn't that at all. It was... How fast can you escape in an apple cart from the town of Bristol <laughs> right, without before the you catch the plague? Oh, lovely. Um, and 
I'm like I'm not going to talk about it too much. But if you've ever played the old Euro game called Lifeboats, oh yes, where you are a person in a lifeboat and there's multiple lifeboats and you're fighting over who gets to drive the lifeboat and who gets to decide where it's going, or in fact who gets chucked out of the lifeboat, it has a very similar feel. Let's say because sure does. you want to be in the front of the cart, you don't want to be in the back of the cart because if someone gets chucked out, generally it's going to be from the back of the cart, but. You might not want to be in the cart where someone just got bitten by a rat and now they have the plague. You might want to jump into another cart as these multiple carts that are full of people are racing through the streets of Bristol in, can you believe it? 1350. Wow. That does sound interesting. And we played with nine people, didn't we? Wow. So we had very, very full carts. It did work. It was. And it was a hoot. It was a lot of fun. Absolute load of fun. And shout out to those yellow t-shirted Funny, funny people. Yeah, we'll talk They're about They're not quite that. as funny as, no. as us. No, of course not. They're funnier than Leon. Oh, that's the most harmful thing you've ever said to me. That's that's atrocious. Enjoy walking home. I'm not giving you a lift tonight, am I? No. I'll ram your car. That's away. why, because I knew I was going to say that. Anywho. <laughs> now, uh, before we get on to talking about humans, mm-hmm. I want to know what the best or most memorable experience you had there. But not talking about new friends that you've met or old friends, because that's... The next couple of questions I'm yeah. going to talk about. So just the best experience you had or just something you really remember from Well, I've got one in particular. Okay. So, look, I know we've said it a few times, but there was another podcast there and they decided, because they didn't have media passes, uh-huh. they decided to book the PAX podcast studio <laughs> and record a bit of a podcast. Okay. Didn't even know that was a thing. Well, either did we. Otherwise, we would have booked it. No, we don't. Media don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, so these friendly other podcasters that we may or may not mention later on invited us down to check out the podcast booth. Well, when we got down there, Leon... Uh-huh. We were told to be there. Like, you've yep. got to be there 15 yep. minutes early because it's 4.30. We've booked it from this particular time. Okay. Make sure you're on, okay? We need you to be on because this is the only time yep. we've got to create yep. content. We're only going to allocate a very small window for you, Dice Man, to come and do your thing. So we rocked on down for our aforementioned window. And here's a little podcast booth, which is basically just like a little area with a computer, couple microphones in a not very soundproof booth uh-huh. and then sharing a wall a large wall with the podcast booth is the dj in the podcast theater area where all the, the uh, cosplay people were getting around where people were doing things like dance dance revolution <laughs> lining up for all the theaters here's the dj scratching away playing the doof doof the doof 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 yeah at the top of his lungs, as loud as he could, right next to the podcast booth, which was not soundproof. <laughs> now, there's a little way that you know when a, a booth is not soundproof. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we, we get maybe the triangle foam to try and reduce sound. Uh-huh. We try and make sure that we haven't got any hard surfaces to try and make sure that there's no echoes That's and all right. of that. And we thought, you know, PAX is all about... Professional audio equipment. Well, it's... There was even displays of it inside the main PAX hall. Yes, and a lot of the panels were how to make money as a content creator. Yes, of course. Very. So I think it's pretty fair to say that PAX 
is is quite focused on mm. how to you know be able to, to turn a hobby into professional business I mean, or something it's like the that. Penny Arcade Expo, two blokes that used to draw funny cartoons that That's are now right. besquillionaires. So anyway, yes. Shares a wall with the band and the band is rocking on. Do you know one key problem yeah. that we found in the booth? You couldn't hear good? There's no roof. <laughs> so so basically there was there was a guy it was it was playing either a guitar yeah or a piano yep or a, a drum kit yep or a scratchy thing yes we get the or, idea. do you know when you have episodes of shows and they release that sort of warning that says you know photo synthesis, synthesis yeah. and you know yeah, yeah. strobing lights we should have an audio warning yeah but anyway within about a meter of these microphones and the computers, the pod booth had no roof, and there's a guy or a person singing, playing their absolute heart out. Now, we walked in there, and we could hear him better inside the podcast booth than we could outside. Yeah. What we couldn't hear are the people from this other podcast saying, Hello, hello, welcome to the pod. Can you, can you sit down and we'll interview you? Was there like an engineer or a producer or something there? No. It was a part of PAX that was like, this is ridiculous, but I'm sorry, this is what no. you have to deal with? No. So in terms of... In <laughs> so terms it's just of... a room that you've booked that no one cared about. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, it, well, we it, weren't it was... stupid enough to book it, clearly. Well, we didn't have to. It was singularly the most disappointing room in all of PAX. Yes. Wow. <laughs> about That's... five metres away, there were two streaming rooms. They seemed to be perfectly yeah. fine. But podcast one, maybe not. Yeah, not so much. Okay, well that's so we had to go and record a podcast in a pub because mm. the audio, <laughs> the acoustics were oh, better. That's horrible. I bet you hated every second of that. Yeah, no, Absolutely. you should have come with. That was really good. Uh, anywho, so that's well, that was Mark's. Is that yours as well, Gus? The one that sticks out. Um, oh look, it was, was hilarious, yeah. and it was look it was disappointing for for this other podcast that needed to create content and wanted to create content. Yeah. Um, because that's, a, that was not good enough by PAX. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. That simple. All right. But uh, they bounced back. They found an incredibly good looking and informative pair to sit down with over a couple of quiet hours and interview. And if you stay listening to this episode, you might even hear part of that actual interview. Lovely stuff. So let's move on to the final thing before we talk. We get on to those interviews for the final of the pack extravaganza. That is what was... Uh, you've, we've got lots of friends in the board gaming world, a lot of them we haven't seen in a long time. We don't want to alienate anybody because I know there's too many to speak about. We've, you've met quite literally 100 people you've met before and a good friend, but is there a specific... Uh, older friend you haven't seen in quite a long time in the board gaming world that you got to see that really made you go, ah, I'm so glad I got to see them again. No. No. For me, Garth. <laughs> oh, okay. Garth, oh. you see him all the bloody time. <laughs> yeah, 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 it wasn't Garth. No, no, I was going to say for me, comma, Garth, comma. Uh, yep. Um, it was great to catch up with Alan Cheshire. Ah, I love him. And Alan was spinning some yarns about his work in the film industry because that's what he does when he's not designing board games. But I also love to see that a game that I had played at PAX yep. 2019, I think you played it as well, Leon Forge of Viden? Yes, I that played it at LFG and yep. I raved yep. about it and that was three bloody years well, ago. Well, that's right. Well, I raved about it to Garth and said, oh, Garth, if we bump into Alan Cheshire, yeah. you should totally sit down and play this forging game. It's 
bloody brilliant. And then, funnily enough, we bumped into old Alan and he went, yeah. where's Leon? We went, who? That's right. And he said, never mind. Garth, sit down and play this game. Was he the only one who remembered Leon's name? Who? Yeah, Alan. <laughs> no, Leon. Leon. Yeah. Possibly. So I, I played it really good. It is really fun. It's really good, isn't it? And I hope to see it become an actual game. Uh, it was, uh, like I said, I played it at LFG three years ago. Yeah. And it was better. This was a convention where there wasn't that many uh, newer people or like uh, up and coming people. Well, not that Cheshire's necessarily up and coming because he's had some games published yeah. before. But that was better than half the games I'd played that weekend. Well, the great thing was. Kim Brayback, yeah. you'll know who he is if you listen to episode 341, where I interviewed him. Yep, love it, Kim. The uh, guru from Good Games Publishing. Yeah. After Garth finished his game, yeah. Kim went and sat down because he hasn't played that game before. And who knows where that's going to lead. I mean, I hopefully it leads to something. And I think similarly, I loved having a chat. And again, if you listen to episode 341, and why haven't you? you will hear the interview with James Allen. Yep. Now, James Allen, similarly to the story that you just told, Leon, but you weren't there, in 2016, I went to LFG and sat down and played a certain car racing game called Drift. It really had it that long. I know, I I played it like four years ago. Um, And Kim was like, we're onto this great game. We're going to put it out soon. It's going to go to Kickstarter. That was the first time I met James. That was the first time I played it. And here he was with an, I think, almost final version of PAX this year. And I believe they're going to Kickstarter in our summer or autumn. Early next year, I believe that will be going to Kickstarter. Finally. So it's so lovely to see these people to hear these stories and to watch them go from just a person with an idea to an idea that gets to the table and you see the sort of rough and ready look of it and then to see it where it's about to come out or in fact you know when we remember things like uh unfair or fun fair where you know you've you then actually get to play the real game that when it gets released and own a copy so we've played unfair before it ever went to Kickstarter yeah. the first time. Yeah, that's right. Let alone all its other expansions. Yes, and Mark and I played Funfair with Joel. 2018? Yeah, before that version came out. Crazy. So, I mean, it is so great to see these people, and they're almost all so, so lovely. And to still have the passion for these projects mm. after all these years. I mean, it must be it must be hard for, like I said, you know, they've had that for six years, and Jess yeah. has had that other game for however long, but they, they're still plugging away at them because they, they know that it's good. They know that what it's worth. Well, I think it's incredibly admirable, and yeah. this is something that is discussed in the, the collaboratory space, yeah. and, and hopefully it's mentioned in some of your interviews, Mark. Is well, absolutely. The, the, there the is dedication that. that goes on from, oh, yeah, I came up with this idea in 1847. Yeah. All those indie interviews in episode 342, which was last week, and you should go back and listen if you haven't, because they're good. Garth, did you have any friends, or basically just echoing what Mark said, on top of all the dozens of other people that you see saw there for a while? Uh, yes, I, I can't ultimately say this person is the most exciting person yeah. to reconnect <laughs> with. I think the fantastic thing was that after three or four years of not being there yeah that you can just walk up to people who you've really not had a huge amount to do with mm, yeah it's crazy and it's like time hasn't passed because it and, hasn't <laughs> and you just go 
and it's all the same. Okay, awesome. Right, final question. I will stop talking so we can play these interviews. But the last thing I need to know: what about? And it might even lead to the interviews. Who knows? Mm, I think what, it may. What about new friends that you've met for the first time? Talk about that. Well, let me think and theme about that. <laughs> I see what you Mark, have there. you got any any well thinks or themes or? Yeah, look, I think. There was a theme that I wanted to think on before I thought the theme about the theme that I'm thinking. So subtle. So I'm I am a bit of a fanboy for Thinkathema. Oh and I heard you, you mention know, them. They <laughs> have just come on to this board game content creation scene where we've just been wandering around like three old fools for ten years doing our thing. Making barely a ripple outside our own little country. We don't think about it enough. Clearly. We don't. Maybe no. it themes like maybe we thought. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, um, but think Athema. They have you know they're on YouTube. You know, wow, they're doing Is videos. I've heard days. of this YouTube. Yeah. I think we probably would be I'm not saying we'd be to the same level of <laughs> shut up and sit down and whatnot if we'd have done video from ten years ago to now, but. We absolutely would be. Yeah, well, but we, we couldn't be us. <laughs> we made we made some videos, Leon, and we've got. I think we might be up to like forty views on one of them. Yeah, um, but yeah. So I met Thinkathema. Yes, was graciously introduced to them by some other people we met. Yeah. Um, they were so lovely, and in particular, I got to talk to Amy, not Maggie. Because she was busy. But that's okay. She was busy taking a photo with me. Yeah, that's right. So I got to talk to Amy and had quite a nice chat with her. And if you keep listening to this episode, spoiler alert. I'd say they are. They're listening to it right now. That's right. You get to hear that interview. Excellent. But but yeah, um, she was so gracious to make the time. Because they, firstly, they were literally being mobbed. Plus they were there playing games as well. Plus they were trying to, you know, get demo copies uh, as in play demo games. So they were really under the pump as well. So I do really appreciate all the people that we spoke to making the time to speak to us. But yeah, I mean, they've, they've had a particularly busy year. And you'll hear all about it in the interview. I am very much looking forward to hearing that. I am a fan of theirs quite mm. a lot. And I am a little bit jealous that you got to meet them before I did, but I am sure I will meet them sometime soon. But then they, but they did say, hey... No, they didn't actually. <laughs> Don't you guys have a th- Hang on, who are you? What's yeah, going on? Yeah. No, look. Whatevs. It was... When when we last went, Yeah. there wasn't much in the way of Australian tabletop content. No, there was us. There was. Yeah. And, and was to it. have us as the benchmark of anything, <laughs> yeah, that's a bit concerning. Uh, so to be able to be got at the convention... Well, give us that. Yeah. And to now have... Us, yeah, board game barbecue, Thinkathema, and Nerds of the West. Mm. They were all there. Now, you know, Nerds of the West primarily are, are live streaming on Twitch board games. Wow, that's Keep that's, these- that's and, cool. And from the other side of the country, like when we're talking West, we're not talking Parramatta. We're not talking West Parramatta. West Parramatta. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're talking West. 
earn Australia, they had come all the way from Perth. Wow. Yeah. So they could have gone to Bali or Thailand. They mm. came over to PAX. So while Mark was busy having a having a chat with Amy from Thinkathema, uh-huh. I was in a photo with Maggie from Thinkathema, members of Board Game Barbecue. Who? And members of Nerds of the West. Mm. Surely that is a super group, if ever I've heard. Almost. One. I mean, watch out, traveling Wilburys. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so look, I I think my biggest takeaway from PAX, yeah, is that the tabletop scene from a content creation side of things is actually heading really well in the right direction. Yeah, we just needed people to put in the effort that we really couldn't be asked doing. So it's good to see that some people have actually done that. So these barbecue people you speak of, suppose we need to talk about them. You met them and apparently they're lovely. Well, not all of them. Oh, okay, that's all right. I mean, Mitch is I just... mean, there's so many of them. There's bound to be some scumbags. Well, yes. did, did we mention we met seven of them? Wow. Yeah. Oh, did we? Did yeah. We... You may not have met Sarah. Oh no, I she did. was the seventh. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, so they kept one in a suitcase. <laughs> so they just of, sort of fed of a, a carrot. I'm more of a quality than quantity kind of thing. So we did meet Dan, Adrian, Mitch, Jules, Sarah, Mike, and Connor. They've got a Sarah as well. Yeah. Taking the piss. They've got a Sarah and a Connor, but not Sarah Connor. Um, and then they even had some of their support people there, like. The people who do their... They've got support. Yeah, the people who do their graphics and their back sound the production and whatever. Yeah, like they, they had the tour bus there. Um, look, I've got to take my hat off to them for, uh, you know, they may not they may not be us. They've still got a few things to learn as far as that. Yeah, but the kids will get there someday. The one thing that they do do an amazing job of is... <laughs> what? You said do-do. <laughs> Is the maturity, the maturity they have is important. Yep. Right. The thing that they do that I, I, I respect them for so much is the creating community. Yes. Now, they do have an advantage in that the three of us are here in Hobart, a tiny town. They have members in Brisbane, in Sydney, in Melbourne, and they run game days. Yeah. Awesome. They show up to their own game days and they teach people how to play games. And they've used that and they've used social media to really build a, a strong community of people that they interact with. They have this they have Discord and Dacord that they where they talk to people online. Um online. 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 Wow. On the line. <laughs> online. And it and look, as we said so many times, it's all the stuff that we couldn't be asked doing. Yeah, it's awesome. But they've done it, and they've done it really well. So I take my hat off to that. And then the other thing was, they're actually really nice people. I mean, we should stop saying those horrible things about them. Yeah, it's a shame. Because we, we got to play games with them. We got to have a drink with them. We got to hang out with them. And they really, yeah, they, they gave us a lot of fun times in those quieter hours when we got all our interviews done. Well, look, they were... I. We arrived and we walked in and some, like, legitimately, within about five minutes of going there, someone said, oh, it's the Dice Man Cometh. And that was uh, Dylan from a, a board game store in Brisbane. Yeah. Like, we'd been in five minutes and, and someone noticed us and that was nice. But then we walked there and, and yeah, the board game barbecue people recognised us and that's really cool. And they said, oh, you're those two really cool guys. 
Glad you're the Surely one you guys saw them and then just stopped dead in your track and kind of did the hands to your hips and then just like started throwing fists. No, there's no. It's <laughs> because I wasn't there. That's right. They know they can't compete. <laughs> um, but they put in a bucket load of work yeah. on that weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had a space that was in the tabletop area, and from the moment the doors opened till at least eleven p.m., they were constantly teaching people games nice and they were cascadia mm. and they were turing machine yeah a lot, lot, and lot of and stuff. light yeah, games yeah. but they were playing and teaching games non-stop and that is incredibly tough to do yeah we as as experienced gamers sometimes go oh i don't want to play this game it's just not fun they were all there with the right attitude, which is how can we make this hobby yeah. even more inclusive? How can we get more people in the hobby? And therefore, then how can we benefit as a podcast? And they did that exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. We were there for different reasons. We had to, you know, in essence, earn the, the media pass that we were very lucky to get. And we had to try and do interviews and do all that stuff. And it was wonderful. And Mark, I do need to make sure that you are acknowledged for the amount of interviews that you did because... You did a bucket load of that work, and thank you very much for that. Well, we needed someone competent to do it, guys. Absolutely. Um, what Board Game Barbecue did is they earned their place at PAX. Mm. They had a buzzing spot in the tabletop space that was constantly full, and PAX would be absolutely stupid to not have them back again and again oh, yeah. doing that, as long as that's what Board Game Barbecue want to do. It's a different set. Going there and spending three days teaching new games to new players. Yep. It's exhausting. Well, the other thing they did as well, which um, we should give them a shout out for, is they then went over, at least a few of them did, I think every day, went over to the VR games area and then taught a whole bunch of those entry-level games. Your tickets arrived, your Azul's on those fancy tables. Ticket to what? Yeah, that. Um, Yeah, your Clask. And in fact... At one stage, I think it was Jules, was in strategically placed in between three different tables and was teaching three different games at the same time, as in just spinning around, swiveling from, from what, each of those three games to the next. So teaching three different games at once. It is amazing to see the people out there that have the passion for this hobby that we can't be asked with anymore. I'm You are what, wrong, Leon. From you what I'm wrong. hearing between the Dice Men, between the Board Game Barbecue, between Thinkathema and these chaps from the West, which is the first Nerds I'm of the West. Nerds of the West, which is the first I'm hearing of. Between those four entities, and I'm sure many, many others, with our powers combined, the Australian tabletop board gaming media world, mm. we've got something here. And between the the designers we've got and between the artists we've got, which are arguably the best four or five artists in the world when it comes to board games, half of them are Australian, or we're claiming they're Australian because they live here. We're, we're doing pretty Russell Crowe's an artist? Yes, Russell Crowe is an artist. <laughs> That's great. Anywho, with that complete derailment, <laughs> yes, they all sound lovely. Oh, it sucks I didn't get to meet them, but I'm sure they asked about me continuously and they would be honoured to meet me well, next time. Leon, if you bother to go and listen to their latest episodes... Well, I'm going to. You'll hear an amazing interview where three of them yep. bought lots of drinks 
for two good-looking content yeah. creators from the southern island of our great nation. Oh, we've got another competitor now? And right. and they and they're actually and good we looking. regaled them yeah. with our tales Lovely from stuff. Dice Man World. But that's enough of that because we've got our own interviews we about do. to come up, haven't we? Um, so we should get out of here for yet again another week and the end of our Pax Travaganza. Oh, you guys can yeah. go have a sleep, for God's sake. You're all partied out, Mark. Yeah, yeah, You're all right. tuckered out. You're all overtired <laughs> and chucking a hissy fit, pressing <sighs> all those buttons and whatnot. But yes, it seems like good times was had by all. But I'm exhausted. <laughs> but it's not the end of that because the amount of games you guys played that we haven't mentioned That's at right. all, friends that you got to see that you, we haven't had a chance to chat about. You all know who we are and we all love you. And the, the big old box of swag you guys came back with of stuff that we've got to get playing... Yeah, there's going to be plenty of content for the old Dice Men coming up. And look, before we do sign off and you hear these really fantastic interviews, I must say, um, special shout out. I can't name you all because there was a lot of you, but it was it was now three weeks ago. I'm losing track. Yeah. The people, the lovely, lovely, lovely listeners that came up and said hello there were some we got to play games with. It just it warms your heart so much when, as you said, Garth, we put in some really long hours at PAX. As I said, close to 30 interviews. They were really long days on the concrete floor. We were walking 1.6 kilometres, according to my uh, Fitbit, back to our hotel and then 1.6 kilometers back to PAX again. And then walking for 12 hours yeah. at PAX. I had, I had to wear my business thong. <laughs> my God. It almost sounds like a single shift that yeah. I do at my job. You guys have to put in. Yeah. But I, so I just want to finish and say thank you so much to everyone who came and said hello, who told us how much they love the show, who told us that they didn't mind that Leon was still on there, yes. um, who hoped that one day they would get to come to Tasmania because we make it sound great or sit down and play a game with us or see us at PAX next time or BorderCon next time or anywhere next time. When you talk to people like that, it, it does make it all worthwhile. Absolutely. What is very clear is the tabletop hobby is alive and well in mm. Australia. The creation and the passion that people have for this hobby, designers, artists, publishers, and the content creators is remarkable. I think they should take a bow. Well, wasn't it like six years ago or something in one of the first packs where some of us were on a panel about has the board game kind of... The bubble burst? The bubble yeah. burst, or has it peaked? That was like six years ago. Yeah. No, we're still going strong. It's still raising money and awareness and everything every year. We're still kicking goals. And Tabletop was chockers yeah. at packs. Yep. Non-stop. You, you really had to find... A table yep. and grab it's a struggle it. Struggle sometimes. Great. Lovely to hear. But enough of that, because I want to hear you guys talk to some cool people. And then next week, we can go back to just the three of us in a cave talking about some games. Mm. All right. Yeah. This has been episode 343. Mm -hmm. yeah, huh? The final in the trilogy of our Pax Travaganza. Thank you so much. Oh, for the love of that. Button. I cannot wait to remove that button <laughs> yep. from this soundboard. Yep. Thank we, you if to... If we lose listeners because of that button, I tell you what, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> no. I don't blame you at all. Mark's going to be paying the difference in Patreon money. Yep. Um, big thank you to everybody who took time out of their packs to speak with us. Thank you to everybody again for 
just saying hi. Uh, it was lovely to meet a whole bunch of new friends and it was lovely to reconnect with old friends. So I cannot wait to do this all again. And uh, I'm exhausted. And thank you so much to the organizer of, of PAX for recognizing the value of having media creators there. And hopefully they might even listen to some of our media over these last three episodes to see what a high quality of interviews they have been. Anyway, I think now, Leon. Yeah. I just want to find a final thanks, obviously, to me. <laughs> yep, continue. You brought some chocolate. That was... That was yeah. Yes, funnily enough, I did. Anyway, let's get on with the interviews uh, and enjoy the rest of episode 343. And we'll see you again soon. Bye. Extravaganza! Hi, I'm Tom from Nerds of the West, and Dustman Cometh beat me at board games every time. Okay, now I'm very excited here. It's, it's almost the end of Sunday at PAX, and I've managed to track down Amy from Thinkathema. Special guest celebrity here at PAX, aren't you? Uh, I'm not sure if I would go as far as to say I'm a celebrity, but you did steal me while I was looking for buying more games. So I'm kind of <laughs> I'm appreciative because we have too many games. Oh, I know. And the you, so you've stolen me at the right moment. Well, that's good because I was yeah. about to go shopping as well. Yeah. This is a good excuse. Let's, not, so. Yeah, we can both hang out together and keep our wallets safe. I think that's a great idea. You and Maggie have just gone from strength to strength in the hobby amazing ambassadors for Australia and for board games. You've gone off, you're now part of the Rado team. Can you give us a little bit of an idea of what that whirlwind tour has been like? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm not sure if everyone listening knows that Melbourne had one of the world's longest lockdown, mm. if not the longest lockdown. And just during that time, we were spending so much time investing in the hobby, uh, making sure we had all those games coming in the door to keep us interested. Yep. And then one day I said to Maggie, like, let's record something. <laughs> and it just was, it started out like something to keep us busy. Maggie thought there's no way Amy's going to stay in, you know, invested or interested in this. Yes. And then we just, we just started and just kept going. We were really welcomed by the community. It was scary, I think, being, you know, a queer couple and putting ourselves out there like that. But um, yeah, it's just been so wonderful. And I think we both have professional lives where we present and teach. Okay. And Maggie has a background in like video editing. Uh, so, you know, all of that really. Yes. We're kind of playing to our strengths. It was just about how do we get into board gaming and reviewing board games and having a perspective on yes. board games. So, yeah, no, well, it's been whirlwind. I mean, for us, we were like, hey, how do we get free games? You know, we <laughs> yeah. spend all our time talking about games. Exactly as you said, maybe we should record it. And for yeah. us, we started a radio show. Mm -hmm. Before I forget, I have to say the video that you made for Bitter Culture World. Ah, uh, yes. I'm getting touched now, just, just being reminded of it. It was so amazing. Can't even talk about it. Thank you. It was just incredible yeah. to watch. And I just jumped in my socials and wanted to share it with everyone. Oh, thank you so much. So powerful. Yeah. And to see... Jamie Stegmaier respond yeah. and take action. I mean, firstly, it just shows any of us can have a voice mm. and, and get people to listen. It's so great that our hobby is becoming more and more inclusive, but to call out as you did, and then to get, get action from that, yeah. that, 
that was amazing. I think, well, first of all, that was all Maggie. And it was, you know, really brave, I think, to go on camera oh, and to absolutely. be so emotional and raw as, as she did. But I think that it's interesting because not all games are going to impact on people yeah. in the same way. And, and seeing a conquistador in a game is not going to have that negative impact like it did on her. But I think the overwhelming message that you know, the reason why we made the video, the reason why we worked, um, you know, with Jamie and he was so receptive to yeah. it, to changing the game was just be, just to raise awareness of watching out for those things and making sure that no one around the table is going to end up upset or offended. Um, you know, it's just, it's good to be inclusive and aware. And yeah. I think that at least that video, we've had feedback from um, other publishers about you know, because of that, we've got a historian involved or we've got a cultural consultant yeah, the involved. I mean, the whole idea of having cultural consultants working in gaming now yeah. is amazing. Yeah. yeah, so all about education and it's about willing to listen to other people yeah. when someone says, this hurt me, you know, being open to that feedback yeah. and listening and, and just being aware. Um, that's all we could ask for, right? Yeah. And I think the hobby is moving in the right direction, which is really encouraging. Yeah, now yeah. I've got to ask, why are you here? and not in Germany. <laughs> Actually, we would love to get to Essensville. This year was not the year. We've done a yeah. lot of travel this year. We went to Gen Con recently yes. before that, Dice Tower West um, and Gamma. So we've done the con circuit in the US and hoping for next year we can get to Essensville. Well, we've been saying that for the last nine have years. Have you? <laughs> have you? No, uh, we've got to have hope. Uh, Don't say yeah. that. One, one year, yeah. one year. I mean, but being here at PAX, Obviously, it's very different to your normal gaming con because mm -hmm. there's so many people here who are entry level or even like just bleed across from the video game side and all of a sudden they see a stand or they see a retail store, something grabs their attention, you, ne you never know what it's going to be. Yeah. And they, then they sit down and start playing games. It's so exciting. And I think it, this is the tabletop section of PAX Australia has grown so much since yes. we were last year. There's just, I think, you know, pandemic, but also just a lot of more people are getting into games that bring, you know, families together, putting yeah. the phones away. And there's a real resurgence and it's super exciting. And it's really great to be here and see all the Australian designers, publishers, content creators. There, and there's a real sense of community Ab that's building quickly, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes we're in Tasmania, it feels like we're isolated, <laughs> but then we come here, there's so many people we've met before, so many familiar faces, mm. everyone's happy to see each other. And as I said, you know, following designers along on that journey, to see them get to publish and to see the success they have, you know, that's what makes us really excited about being in the hobby. And similarly, to see Aussie con content creators who are taking Australia, queer culture, board games to the rest of the world. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm so chuffed for you all. Oh, thank you. Um, and look, thanks for taking the time today to talk with us. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, this is Amy from Thinkathema. You're listening to The Dice Men Cometh. I just read that off a dice I was handed from a stranger. <laughs> Hi, this is Amy from Thinkathema and you're listening to The Dice Men Cometh. I'm here with Mark and I've lost my wife. Okay, uh, welcome to this episode of the podcast. We are at PAX Australia 2022. We're sitting down right now, literally outside a bar, at a table, with none other than Mark and Garth from The Dice Men Cometh. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Well, it's so good to be here. It's really good. We've, we've finally got to meet the faces behind the voices. And it's like it's whelming. 
It's not overwhelming. <laughs> it's not underwhelming. It's a face. It's just, yeah, it's just multiple faces. There's a lot of faces involved in your podcast. There are. There yes, are. I, uh, I have to say, you've got strength in numbers, so we're lacking there. But while we lose in numbers, we make up in volume. <laughs> we'll do our best. And anyway. good looks. It's lovely to meet you all. Um, we had such. We were just commenting. What a good time we had on Friday night playing all those sort of fun games, mm. as opposed to the not fun games we have in our hobby, that were taught by Mike and Jules. Sort of the backbone of the Yeah, group, yeah the really. guys yeah. who couldn't be bothered the to be here. <laughs> um, we had a ball on Friday night, okay, so thank out. you so yeah. much. No. no, guys, it's our pleasure, and we did as well, and hopefully the next two nights we can crack on with some equally good times. It'll yeah. be excellent. I'm also here with uh, none other than Dan hey, from mate, Melbourne, who's... Uh, Hosting us in his hometown. Hey, hey, welcome to welcome to Melbourne. Happy to happy to have you guys here. Yeah, it's only a couple of days before we get to go home, but yes, we're enjoying it for while we are here. And, and other, none other than Adrian, all the way down from Brisbane. How are you going, Adrian? Going good. It's a pub, so I'm here. That's why I came. <laughs> yeah. I knew it would happen. It's fantastic. You don't have it's a jumper on it. Like, no, I am on? actually cold. Like, my nipples are so hard. It hurts. Really? It's freezing. Maybe we should turn that microphone yeah, off. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> but it's freezing. I, I didn't think it would be that cold because it's quite sunny out. But if you look, everyone's wearing hoodies and jumpers and coats. And well, we, is, we except me. Me. I'm in, I'm yeah. in shorts yeah. and thongs. But a hoodie. <laughs> we got cold, hoodie. cold legs, warm body. Definitely. We got cold, rained cold. on coming in from the airport on Friday. And then came into the city and it was steamy. So, yeah. Melbourne, you can't exactly. work it out. Yeah. If you don't like it, the weather, you just wait five minutes. That's right. That's the rule around here. Absolutely. It definitely have a multi-seasonal day, mm. that's for sure. But, no, it's been great. Like, it's been really fun. It was quite fun. I didn't play the Bristol game that you guys all played, but it was quite fun just to annoy everyone that was at the table playing it when everyone was asking, are you sick? I just put my hand up in the background. And the like, put your hand down. Did I even play it? Get angry at me. So. Actually, can I just interrupt for a minute? You guys said think a theme we're going to be here. What's the only reason we've come down? Ah. Well, like, we used that as bait to get you here. Oh, you bastards. <laughs> yeah, we lured you with that. Oh, sorry. Can you swear on your podcast? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's all right. I'm all right with it. But, yeah, I'll pass you back to Mitch. How's your uh, packs going, bud? Yeah, my pack so far has been excellent. It's my first packs. Um, packs Virgin, so it's been, uh, it's been eye-opening. It's been crazy to see the number of people here. Um, even doing other sort of smaller cons like Comic Con and stuff are just not even a blip on the on the size of this. It's uh, it's definitely a, a new experience and uh, seeing so many people interested in the hobby um, and wanting to be a part of it is just fantastic because we know there's a massive market out there to tap into. So <clears throat> that's really really good. And one how- of the first things that that uh, I said to Garth on Friday was, "Isn't this amazing? There's so many people here." And less than 1% of them listen to our podcast. <laughs> and that's in the board game area. So it's a sort of a, it's a reality check, but it's also incredibly encouraging to know how many people are getting into board games. Yeah. That's, that's the main thing about this, is that this, this event, probably more than any other board game related event, is a sign of how good our hobby is and how inclusive it is and how much opportunity we as podcasters and creators for the tabletop industry have to grow because we think we're important sometimes and we we go this is great we can do some stuff and then you realize actually nah <laughs> nah like yeah. if you get a tap on the shoulder and say i listen to your podcast that's really cool yeah it doesn't happen nearly as often as i'd like though <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> we do the same thing we had a bit of a uh, we had a bit of a session this morning where we had to fill in with uh, vr at their booth and they'd sort of said you know 
uh, I did put a few adverts out saying the board game barbecue are going to be here. Come down and do a bit of a meet and greet. And I think one guy yelled out to Dan, went, yeah. oh, I love you guys, we'll get barbecue was, as he walked past. <laughs> I, was, I was teaching Project L, and as I was mid, mid rules, one guy walks past going, Book and barbecue, I love you guys. And as he drifted off into the crowd, I'm like, somebody knows me, come back. <laughs> and I just completely lost sight of him. And, and one of the girls I was teaching goes, Are you someone, are you, are you famous? And I went, well, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> we're, quite, we're kind of a big deal. Yeah. I did pay that guy five bucks. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I can tax write that off somehow. But yeah, it yeah. was. Uh... Yeah, so yeah, we don't really expect to actually be recognised no. or even talked to for that matter. <clears throat> my, my wife stopped doing it, so why would I take her off to? Boom <laughs> tish. Um, now, so I did notice you guys have spent a bit of time over in the collaboratory and with the indie game designers and stuff. So, is it? Have you played anything or seen anything that's been worth talking about? No. I mean, sorry, absolutely. And you wonder why no one knows you. <laughs> so, like, I mean, you guys are clearly here just to self-promote. And that's fine. You know, grow yourselves. That's absolutely A-OK. I'm kidding. Um, but, look, we're, we're old and we're jaded. Uh, and we're also here with no obligations apart to try and create some content. And, obviously, I hope we're all here for the same goal, which is to grow the industry in Australia to grow the number of designers, to grow the number of decent games here. And Collaboratory is a really great breeding ground for these kind it? of games. Collaboratory. <laughs> I can never say it. Can I keep going now? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. Don't mind me. So, you look, never do. They, they've been, um, they've just had the recent Rising Stars sort of thing that's been going on, which is they've, they've had five games you want to take over? No. Good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Five games that have been voted, and they are the ones that are now going to be up for, for possibly being published, or at least having a, a print run done, which is pretty amazing. So, cool. you know, we've been trying to get all of the five played so that we can keep sort of ahead of, of what may be the next game that comes out that's in Australia. And you, you get games that are little, and there's lots of those. You get games that are sort of in that medium weight, and then occasionally you get something that's sort of in that heavier space, which is nice and absolutely where Australia needs to go in terms of board game design, because it is just not something that we've really tapped into yet. So we've tried to speak to a lot of the up-and-comers. We've tried to reconnect with a lot of people, because while we've been to a lot of packs, obviously it's the first one since 2019 that wasn't mm. virtual. Um, but we also need to make sure that, unfortunately, people see our faces as well as the voices, because a lot of people, like with you guys, um, know the voices. They may not know the faces so much. So we need to reconnect with, with designers. We need to reconnect with distributors and publishers. And you know, we want to try and get some free games so that we can talk about them, so that we can give them away, so that we can promote them. So that's why we're here. Um, and you know, the fact that, that we're now seeing more and more tabletop um, content creators, and, and you know, if you guys aren't at the top of the heap, um, you're very close to us in that regard. <laughs> um, it's fantastic. You know, it's, it's really exciting and I hope that this has been a, a bit of a really good education if you haven't been here about what the tabletop scene is like in, in terms of a PAX convention, but also how small it is in terms of a media creation. I don't know if I've seen very many tabletop media people around. Mm. I've seen myself, which is, you know, disappointing, and I've seen Mark. <laughs> And we all know my feelings about that. <laughs> but, you know, seeing another 400 board game barbecue people creators, because I don't know how many of you are, but there's a bucket we, load. We lose track, to be honest. We lose track. It's wonderful that you've got your own space. It's wonderful you've, you've really done a fantastic job in your community creation. Um, and I think you should be really proud of, of where you've come from, 
what you're currently doing and I'm really looking forward to seeing if you ever take us over. Can I hold the conch? Yes. <laughs> okay. So one of the things I have been excited by is, you know, us catching up with designers like Alex Winter, uh, Dan May, Matt, is that a really good guy? Shannon, Shannon Kelly. Kelly. So people that we've met and sort of built relationships with over now like four or five years. Yeah. You're almost so, getting to a point where you can remember some of their names. That's right. <laughs> so, so, you know, knowing them from when they did their very first Kickstarter perhaps or their first prototype, when we have seen it here three, four, five, six, seven years ago, to seeing where now they're, they're producing more games. I mean, Dan may just going from strength to strength. But seeing their progression through the hobby and then seeing them working with other younger designers is really encouraging. And I think, I guess, that's where at least longevity gives us the ability to look back and see how far we've come in all that time. You'll know that feeling someday mm -hmm. when you've been around for a while, mm -hmm. as long as us. I mean, the 1330s was just like it was yesterday. <laughs> well, we played Bristol 1350 we last did, night, yeah. and it was like taking you back to your sort of schoolboy days. The carts did not get any better in my memory. <laughs> but I know, look, I think, you know, seeing the designers, seeing people up and coming, and then when you see them next year or the year after, and they've published a game and they're back with their next game, like, that's really exciting for me. And, you know, it happens on a micro level here in Australia, but it's really, it's great to see how far it's come. It's also sad sometimes when you see a company, you know, go crazy, like Rule and Make, for example, where they had a couple really, really big hits and then all of a sudden they've disappeared off the radar. But then we saw Alana today. She's now involved in another project. So the, our hobby is, it is going forward in leaps and bounds, but it is sometimes two steps forward, one step back. But it's exciting to be a part of it. Mm. And we all know that we started this with the object to get free games and anything else is a bonus. I think we've all achieved that, so congratulations to us. Yeah. Are we really going to give ourselves a round of applause for that? <laughs> well, that's that's for us, that's yeah. not for you guys. Oh yeah, well, well done to Dyson. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think the, the, the collaboration area in the middle. It's pronounced collaboratory. Collaboratory. Have another drink. I will. I'll keep that one. Laboratory. Laboratory yeah. with a lab. Yes. Um, anyway, that area is really interesting because there's a lots of people play testing games there. We actually have demo tables and at our at our game days. And actually to see some of them guys from our game days bringing those games to here. Yeah. And even just seeing some of those games with their slight tweaks and slightly better artwork to bring to packs and stuff has been really nice. And one of those uh, publishers is Thousand Rats. Mm. And I know Dan got to play their game today, which is supposed to be really interesting. It's like a social deduction kind of game. Yeah, I it's fantastic. I haven't played it yet, but I played a hidden movement game of theirs, which was really, really, really interesting. It was a cooperative deck builder. Even though you're not, it's a it's a one versus many, but everyone builds into the same deck, and you're trying mm. to get more. As you draw cards, everyone's drawing from the same pool, and that was really interesting. So I'd love to see their social deduction game, which I know Dan's played, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in a moment. But yeah, seeing some of those really interesting playtested games, I mean, I know that Kenny, uh, who designed Scrap, yep. is mm. here, and that prototype looks really good, and he should be really proud of that. It's a, it's a great game and really worth trying out. 
and there's also uh, Lee who's got the Grimwald game I don't know if you've got a chance to see not that not yet no we've lined up yeah. hopefully something yeah. with Lee that'd be really good yeah it's, yeah it's a really really good game I've like heard a, medium a lot light, of really light. good things yeah I really enjoyed it and it's kind of funny because we played it a long time ago and that has changed quite a lot since we played it so it's nice to see not even like small changes quite significant changes in, in the design yeah the evolution of it from stage to stage and that's really cool and to see him here like representing Australia essentially like to go to publish that game on a world market is, is really cool so yeah and it, and it really highlights how tough this business actually mm -hmm. is you know we and I use the royal we here we've got it easy we sit back and we talk and review about product that we have no understanding about the complexities involved in creating this this little or this big game and we then have the nerve to say oh yeah it was good or bad you know, and that's that's fine because there's a market for us. However, I am not smart enough to actually turn what I might have as an idea for a good game into anything approaching a prototype, let alone a real game. Mm. And that's where these events are absolutely spectacular. So the the TGDA and what they do in having that community of, of gamers that are you know connected by this this desire to create you know whatever it is that's going to be their next game or their next idea is is just remarkable. And I think it's spectacular that Australia has that, you know, albeit maybe small, but this growing community of up-and-coming designers who are willing to just invest so many days, weeks, months, and years to turn an idea into a finished product. We were talking to, to Andrew, and Andrew's got a couple of games in the, the top five of the Rising Stars. I think he's got two of them. And one of the games, now it's been a five-year project to get it to here. And we have hobbies. We all have hobbies. We all do stuff outside of, you know, work. This is one of them. But doing something for five years where the sole goal of it is to create a product that you are then happy with and hopefully then make some money out of it is nothing if not commendable and downright mad. You know, I can't imagine doing that. You know, when we were chatting to, to Dan and Brenda and Greg from Quillsilver, I threw out my latest idea because I've got a one sentence idea and I think that's enough. And then they go, you should do this and that and that. And by then I'm already lost. So I, I, love, I love being around here and being around all these smart people who actually know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I actually have good ideas for games. But as soon as they mention, <laughs> as soon as they mention, what's the math behind it? I'm out. I'm like, math? I just, I have an idea. I like this idea. Yep. I don't have any math or mechanic, but I like <laughs> my thought. And that's about as far as it ever goes. So, Well, we, we spoke to Jarro, who was the designer of Too Many Cooks, which is the new big thing coming out from Good Games Publishing, mm -hmm. um, a local guy from Canberra. He taught himself to program... To create to the computer write program. a program that could play his game thousands of times in the background to work out the math to balance the game. Like, That's crazy. That is commitment, mm. which you don't have Garth. You won't, absolutely not. You won't find at this table. Yeah. <laughs> There's a layer of intelligence as well that you won't well, find yeah, at this table. Yeah, yeah. He also happens to work in cybersecurity. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that or I'm, by the time you hear this, I may be dead. It's <laughs> <laughs> like James Cameron level sort of filmmaking where there's no cameras available that, I can, that can do that. So I'm going to create the film. Yeah. I'm going to create the camera yeah. so I can shoot what I want or create what I want. Yep. I get really jazzed talking to the, the those creators and finding out how they come up with these ideas and the fact that he said, oh, I've been working on this for the last five years. Yeah. I can't fathom working on something for five years just to get it to prototype stage and then have the courage to actually put it in front of someone and say, 
can you like, tell me what you think? Yep. It's nerve-wracking. Oh, I mm. couldn't even. You're like. putting your heart on the line, you put your heart inside of this and you go, can you tell me what you think? And risk getting, oh, it's crap. Mm. Right, okay, well, what, other than that, we've talked about what we've done so far and what we like about PAX, what would you like to see maybe to improve the experience on PAX and, and, and the way that it's grown? I think we've all seen COVID, if anything, has been positive for our hobby. Yes. Because mm. a lot of people through lockdown got into board games, started looking at that. So if we were to see that trend continue and the hobby continue to grow, what would you like to see at PAX say in the future? Can I say that I'd like to see the podcast booth not, <laughs> not, next, to the DJ not booth? next to the DJ booth with a guy like scratching and mixing and playing some of the loudest like techno drum and bass. And yeah, that would be really good because yeah. I think there is a space for podcasts. Have you have you taken a 30 second video just to show the proximity of yeah. the music? Well, to the podcast booth? When, when Garth walked in the room, I said, at least I'm getting a nice back massage because I had my back <laughs> against the wall and it was vibrating the wall so hard it was giving me a massage. Okay. I mean, yeah, something like that would be good for, for podcasts. And I don't think, think that even just for the tabletop industry, I think for the D&D industry, for um, uh, the streamers and the other people, because there was people in there both streaming video games all sorts. Of, sorry, there's a... That's the next DJ arriving. That's Sorry, it. that's our helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just I think there's other streamers, even for the video game content creators and stuff as well. Like they they're in that space doing their content right next to a DJ, and I think it must be equally as hard for them to do that kind of thing. So mm. yeah. oh look, I, to answer your question, Mitch. Mm. I mean, after that diversion, is um, <laughs> is unfortunately it, you're right, Adrian. Is it, I think the next evolution is the upping of the content creation side of things to continue the the preaching of, of the various hobbies that we find ourselves in. You know, obviously PAX is, is predominantly about video games, video and computer technology and pushing boundaries in that regard, which is great. One of the things I think in, in the tabletop space is we're now getting to a point where we can get a bit of media involved, which is fantastic, but trying to take this to the next level and getting some panels, it's still a slog. You know, there, there might have been maybe two panels, maybe maybe three or four panels that were fundamentally based in, in tabletop board gaming, not role-playing games, because you've got you know Acquisitions Inc. and you've got a few others where they're running live on-stage D&Ds, which is awesome and funny and absolutely should be selling out. But that next level in terms of tabletop creators, like you know, Board Game Barbecue presents the panel on blah, 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 should be a thing that happens. And it shows that there are people here who will just come and sit down and talk to people who know what they're talking about, and also you guys. Um, but they'll talk, they'll, they'll listen. They, they want to know about the hobby. They want to know about design. They want to know about fun things and bad things and mistakes and all that kind of stuff. We've been on a couple of panels over a few years, you and I, Mark. Um, and sometimes you get a sellout, sometimes you don't. But something simple like a you know tabletop versus video game, you know, great debate kind of thing, you know. That kind of stuff, just to merge the, the little interests, I think would be really beneficial. And you know, I think it's still a real challenge for, for our kind of content to get up into that next level of having a panel, having a bit more of a wider appeal to the PAX audience. Are you saying that we should take on the video game streamers in some kind of a rap battle? Yes, absolutely. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, maybe a rock band battle or something like that. I think you know we're, we're smarter than those people. As long people. as we don't call it a comeback. 
Oh, there we go. You heard it here first. <laughs> but yeah, I'll pass you back to uh, Mahak. He's having a sip of his pint. Oh. Mitch, when do we get a toilet break? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good point, and we will actually maybe wrap it up there. We didn't want to take up too much of your time. I know there's a lot to do here. And oh, hang on. To get I back thought on. of something. Hang on, Sorry. hang on. One of the challenges, I think, is we are audio-based, and a, a lot... A lot of people are getting big numbers now on video. We we tried video for a little while and it's just so much effort around the editing and the production and everything for a three, four, five minute video that then may not get any views at all. Uh, it's been amazing to see people like Maple University, people like Thema really hitting the ground running on video content because that can draw really big numbers, international attraction to our hobby. But I don't know about whether you have thought about expanding to video. Every time we think about it, it's scary, it's hard work, but it's, it's certainly something that seems to attract the numbers. We have, well, we have our YouTube channel, but funnily enough, our, our first priority was always going to be a podcast and second priority for us was community yeah. which is why which is how we found ourselves at PAX we basically reached out to PAX and said hey we do these game days at Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney we've also been involved in Comic Con which again we reached out to them and said here's what we do at our game days would you be interested in us doing the same thing at Comic Con and they went absolutely we've been thinking about something like that and so that was how we got into PAX we've dabbled in, in YouTube and you can find a few unboxings and things on our but the podcast and the community has always been a priority for us yeah. and it's funny because there are eight of us and at the same time we don't have a lot of time to yeah. make a lot of that sort of content and so we'd, we'd much rather support um, the, the content creators that are in Australia yeah. like you know, Stella and, and Think of Thema and, and then sort of stay in our own lane for a little while and just sort of focus on community so we've, we're set up here we've got we've still reached out to our contacts in the industry and we've got brand new games and prototypes and new releases that aren't, haven't, aren't hit retail yet and we're teaching that here at PAX. But that's kind of where I think we sit still at the moment is less on the content create, creation outside of podcasts, but more focused on community, teaching yeah. as many games as we can, trying to introduce as many new people as we can to the hobby. And invariably, I don't know how many you guys, but how many times I've teached games even just up until today, and then at the end of the game they go, do you guys sell this game? And it's like, no, we just teach it. There's, there's nothing in it for us. We're not getting kickbacks from any of the retail stores. We just want to introduce as many people to the community as possible and try and do it in a way that is engaging, that is non-threatening and it's sort of as inclusive as we possibly can. For us, definitely, I think it was always podcast first, then surpass the Dice Men, and then video. <laughs> we, so, we haven't got the looks for videos. <laughs> so that's, so that's after it. after your first episode and a week after that, you surpassed us. <laughs> yeah. what, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, just to add to what Dan said and to Mark, right? The video is extremely difficult. Um, I, I personally, being like you know, when I'm doing a lot of the content, I'm alone because we are spread out and you know we don't we're not a group that can you know meet on a Friday and all be there together and do all that stuff so when you're doing but video solo games will do that to you yeah <laughs> I didn't say it wasn't the way I prefer it but, <laughs> but, this is the way it happens but um but yeah so setting up your videos and trying to get the right angles and trying to get the right shot and taking multiple different you know takes and things like that and, and then add to that that you are the only person doing it uh, you know you can't be the person behind the camera and in front of the camera at the same time just throws an extra sort of spanner into the whole works of doing that. So yeah, totally feel what you're saying there, Mark, in terms of the the, the degree of effort required to step up from audio to video is is huge. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Look, one thing that I will publicly take my hats off to you guys. Guys. Um, or just me. And guys. No, no, all of you. Is that in the community creation, we've often commented, damn, there's another one of our listeners making some comment in the board game barbecue community. We must tell them not to do that. That's why we just blocked them. Yeah. You, you've, you've done a great job of building community of getting people involved. The game days are amazing. I mean, you know, we actually did try to get involved locally in Hobart, but we just don't have the numbers. And I guess, you know, we're, we're isolated as far as that goes. So we put our voices out, but that's about all we can do. But um, hats off to you guys for the board game days and the community engagement that you've created. Uh, it is fantastic and you should be commended and I'm sure someone will commend you someday. <laughs> well, I will. In all seriousness, it's exceptional. You guys are amazing, and we we support you. So, look, we haven't been paid for this uh, yet. Well, you on, have. But, we got a beer. The think of Thema haven't showed up yet, and no, no, that, they're we were promised they're on their way. Are they? But they're oh, on yeah. their way. We'll, we'll keep talking. No, look, what we figured that in, instead of receiving kickbacks, which is what we normally do when we do these kind of things, is all we're going to do is ask you to do a little sting for us. Because mm -hmm. um, I feel like we've done a lot of promotion for you. We've added in, you know, some board game barbecue photos on our Instagram. Instagram feed at dicemancometh.com as well is pretty there so look all we're going to ask you to do because we're recording this as well probably because you might need a second feed so if you can just speak into the microphone and just quite clearly say something honest like you know we only listen to the Dice Men Cometh or our favourite episode of anything is the Dice Men Cometh or the Dice Men Cometh, Cometh yep. is Australia's leading podcast or just yep. something you know honest um, absolutely genuine from the heart and, uh, you know, just, just fire away, I'll be quiet now. So this is Mitch from the Board Game Barbecue, and everything I learned, I learned from the Dice Men Cometh. There we go, look at that. You can take that to the back. I don't think we've got anything more to say. Thank you very much, Mitch. Oh, we've got more. Oh, we've got more. Wow, look at this. My name is Adrian, I'm from the Board Game Barbecue, and I really like Garth's beard. There we go, I'll take that. It's fantastic for an audio medium. <laughs> All right, Dan, bring this one home. My name's Dan, I'm from the Board Game Barbecue, and Leon is my favourite dice man. Oh! <laughs> that's so hard! Uh, and that's, uh, let's end there with a kick to the pants. So, uh, uh, thanks guys for coming along, I really appreciate it. We no, really I don't appreciate the, uh, it. Anymore. He's out. We really enjoy the times that we do have got to chat with you. Uh, some of our favourite episodes, so... Um, Appreciate it. I'm sure there'll be more in, in the future, and uh, we hope you enjoy your rest of your time at PAX. Thanks so much, Mitch. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, thanks Adrian. Thanks, thanks Dan. And thanks to everyone else in the Board Game Barbecue community. You guys are wonderful. You've been listening to another episode of The Dice Men Cometh, proudly brought to you by LFG Australia. Be sure to check out lfg-oz.com.au for all the details of their online and physical retail store. You can find us at dicemencometh.com or on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. And don't forget, you can support us on Patreon too. Thanks for listening.